Welcome to the Investor Coaching Show, a podcast to help you get an insider's view of the financial world and escape common investment traps. We look at the financial news of the day and help you make sense of it so you can relax about money. And here's your host, Paul Winkler. All right, Paul Winkler, <laughs> Investor Coaching Show. And this pre-Christmas episode of the Investor Coaching Show where we're actually here. Hallelujah. Yeah, man. Come on. Yes, sir. Get it up. It's good. Is it going to rain on Christmas? It rained on me coming up here. Oh, come on. Let us know. Let us know. Let us know. Where are we going to go? I'll take this over to the deep freezer, whatever we had last year. Yeah, you know what? Power going out, everyone's cooking their Christmas dinner. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, so you know, there's nothing to complain about here, right? I mean, we're getting into like, like going into like this political year that's just going to be. It is going to be interesting. It It is. It is interesting. It's going to be really interesting. We'll see where it all lands. But there's still going to be a line around Krispy Kreme and Chick-fil-A, so I'm not too worried. No, not from a stock market standpoint, but I think that, you know, the, the stuff that's going to be out there and talked about, I think is just, um, it's kind of funny. I was watching, watching the financial shows, right? And they have this, this interview with this guy who is, he's the exiting CEO of a major corporation. Mm-hmm. And you don't always get a kick out of is CEOs of corporation. And so people will say, Paul, why is it that some of these big CEOs vote the way they do? Yeah. Right? You're right. You get that. And, you know, I go, well, you know, the reality of it is, is that if we look back through history, you know, you have Democrats, you have Republicans, and the stock market goes up under both regimes. Correct. You know, you look at it and you go, well, where did it go up more historically? Which party? I know the answer. Come on, Evan. I know the answer. What is it? Democrat. It did. By like 3 or 4%. But it went up under both. It did, Okay, yes. now, now Republicans got a real bad rap because they got the Depression in their data. <laughs> the yes. Great Depression. And, you know, so they, uh, you know, so you look at, at the periods of time and you just say, was it their fault? You know, not necessarily. Right. Was it, you know, was it something great that the Democrats did, something bad? You know, no, stock markets, they respond no matter who's in power. Right. I love what Arlene said before the last election when she was on here with us. Uh-huh. She made the comment that, you know, the corporations, and this was, you know, pre- prior to the most previous election, this is the election before that. She made the comment that the uh, that and this is it. Well, it was before the election, before Trump was actually the nominee. Let me put it that way. And he said, she said, companies have a plan because we we thought it was going to be Trump versus Hillary. Right. Right. We thought it was going to be Hillary Clinton versus Trump. And that's what everybody thought was going to happen. That was who's going to be running. And that, you know, didn't turn out to be the case. But she made the comment wisely that she said, well, you know what? Companies have a plan, and they have a plan if Trump wins or if Clinton wins. And, of course, it wasn't Clinton at all, but, you know, she just made that point, and I thought it was a really, you know, well-made point. That's the truth. Companies do. They figure out a way to get to profitability no matter who's in charge. Right. 
But CEOs tend to be very, very careful when they talk about anything political. It's like being a Hollywood person, really. Yeah. They almost can't let their views be known. But sometimes they do let it slip. Yes. And that's why I thought this CEO interview was so funny. Now, my wife didn't. She was just going, what's funny about that? I don't know. Let's let's see. Evan, I'm just going to try it out on you. Nick, you know, Leviticus, you said, don't let it land flat. <laughs> it may. But let's just see. Here it goes. About the last proposal from, from the governor um, that you haven't met. Okay. So this is the interviewer, Joe, going, hey, we I want to talk about the latest proposals from the governor that you said you haven't met. Now, he's talking about Governor Gavin Newsom. No. Because there are people talking about him possibly running for president, right? So he's talking about, I think it's kind of odd that you hadn't met the governor in the state where you run a company. And, you know, the reality is you, I would have thought you would have met him. But anyway, I just want to talk about the proposals that he's putting out there. And, I think you know, if you ever listen to Joe on CNBC, he's kind of the right-leaning kind of guy, right? And he's the guy that's quite often calling BS, <laughs> quite frankly, is what he does. But I'm going to continue. It's kind of interesting, uh, but it was off the wall. It was totally off the wall. It had, I don't know what it would have, was going to cost, but it, it was going to try to address the homelessness, that, which is a total epidemic. So, so he has this proposal, and it is a huge dollar figure to address homelessness in California, because that's the big political football is, hey, why are people leaving New York and California and all these places if these places are so great? Right? That's that's kind of what's being talked yeah. about. Not just in San Francisco, I was in L.A. Um, L.A., to me, almost looked like it was dying when I was there. All the storefronts, they're still there, but they're facades. There's nothing. Yeah, so, so it looks like a ghost town. And the CEO of the company is just kind of going, nodding, kind of going uncomfortably. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It does kind of look pretty bad. And Joe's pointing this out. They, they never came back from the pandemic. And then there's 10 cities everywhere. Venice Beach, you cannot bring your family to Venice Beach at this point. So I don't know whether Gavin Newsom's idea of, I don't know what he's going to do. I, remember that the proposal, look, I think it was trillions of dollars, which the, the state doesn't have at this point. But do you have any confidence that California is going to get its act together in any? Now, now this is this is funny. Do you think that they're going to get their act together, that they <laughs> can pull this together? He's asking the CEO of this company, right? Yeah. Now, he paraphrases a common, you know, it's a kind of colloquialism uh, that you often hear. And, you know, think about paving. Okay, so here you go. Wait, shape or form to deal with, with these problems? Well, I can only say from my own experiences, but I think that, um, you know, the guy, he seems like a well-intentioned guy. Yeah, where do, where do you usually, where do those paths usually lead? To presidents. No, to hell. I mean. What are those pits? What are where those paths, you know, oh. the, 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 you know, the path to where yeah. is paved with right. <laughs> good, intentions, good intentions, right? <laughs> And he goes, where does it usually lead? And he's thinking he's going to get, you know, H-E double hockey sticks. Right. You know, is this what he's going to get? And what does he get? To president. Right. I mean, it's just, it's it's almost comically crazy 
Yeah. And, you know, is it the first time that we've had a situation where it's just like, what on earth is going? But I, what I think is funny is that a CEO of a company is having a hard time saying what he really thinks. Yeah. <laughs> because here's the, here's the deal. If you run a company, you're going to have to figure out how to make this company profitable. Right. No matter who is president. And you have to walk a fine line. And indeed, that is exactly what we have seen throughout history is companies somehow, some way. And, and the reason I bring this up every time we get into a, an election year, I have always brought this up. I want you folks to get that do not let politics drive your investing decisions. Democrats get very spooked when Republicans are in power. And Republicans get very spooked when Democrats in are in power. Both of them are market timing. If you change the mix of your portfolio based on a prediction or a forecast of the future, that is, by definition, market timing. And it is one of the worst problems that investors have. One of the biggest reasons that investors have such abysmal results. Yeah, the uh, you know as you're going through that, I I pulled out an article. Uh, Our best investment ideas mm -hmm. for 2024. There you go. And you know, really, we could do the entire segment just on the headline of if anything in your strategy is the best for next quarter or the best or for based, 2024, or based on a prediction. Yeah, it's flawed. From the start. Right. And yet, you know, okay, we're coming into a political year and all of these different people are going to be coming out of the woodwork. And, you know, they we see opportunities in both stocks and bonds in the year ahead. You know, fine. And I I'm just going to hit some high points, mm -hmm. not to say I agree or disagree with these, but a lot of these forecasts you could almost use every year. That's also part of the problem. You know, equity opportunities. Among the basket of undervalued and unloved assets, smaller capitalization value stocks stand out. And I hope they're right. You, you could probably you say know, that every year, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, the, the broad equity landscape, you know, they're talking about the Magnificent Seven, you know, NVIDIA and all that, Google, Facebook, softening economy, moderate valuations, weakening fundamentals, external shocks. So let's, you know, think about external shocks. Okay, well, mm -hmm. how do you plan yeah. <laughs> for an external shock? For an exogenous, yeah. I'm thinking we're going to have COVID in 2020, you know. I, yeah. Oh, good, we're going to have that. conflict in the Middle East in October, and so we're going to – it's – by definition, it's a surprise. Well, exactly. And, you know, you talk about exogenous shocks, and you go – you know, you, had, you look at some crazy people taking an airplane into a building – or you take a look at some kind of like a like a disease coming in or you look at all of a sudden we've we've discovered oil back in the 1970s starting to dry up and people worried about not being able to get enough of it the energy that drives the country or a war or a whatever you know look at look over europe right now and all of a sudden you have a shortage of grain because one yeah. of the biggest grain producers right. has been taken offline or Pirates trying to attack ships or, you know, fill in the blank. Exactly. You know, it's 
the things that drive the stock market are things that are unpredictable. Right. And we can't predict people's responses to them either. And even if that, right, even if there's no external shock, we don't know who's going to like hula hoops. We don't know who's going to like pet rocks. We don't know who's going to, you know, like Taylor Swift this year versus Elton John. You know, I mean, it's just, there's, you know, thinking about the phenomenon, just, you know, departing briefly uh, from the business standpoint with Taylor Swift and that, you know, the popularity and just the enormous crowds that she's been attracting across the world. And I was relating to that, thinking about funds that have good track records and uh, listening to satellite radio occasionally, you know, they play the, the AT40, the top 40 from, you know, mm-hmm. 1972 or something. Well, those aren't still the popular artists. Right. You know, they're, they're not the ones on the radio anymore, except on the AT40 countdown yeah, from yeah. 30 years ago. Your best prediction is that they're not yeah. going to be, you, you know, know, they're, they're not, not going to be, you know, look at the Dow, Dow companies. You got 30 exactly. companies in the Dow and none of them are original. Not a one of them. Right. GE held out for quite a long time, but none of them are original anymore. And, uh, you know, so you, you, you can't predict style. Correct. I mean, who'd have thought bell bombs would come back? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I, and, you know, the, and you can't predict, you know, the, there was, I was reading something on technology today. I was talking about hydrogen and, and that, you know, the president could be making a mistake regarding pushing, you know, certain types of energy. And you can't predict what the government's going to do and force companies into. Exactly. You know, we don't know exactly or com- how companies may be able to stand up and uh, stand up to some pressure that's being put upon them. Correct. You know, they, they, they may come back and, and fight back, and all of a sudden the government backs down. It's, it's an election year. Yeah, right. They may see that it's politically unpopular, whatever they're pushing, and back down, and all of a sudden the sky's yeah. open. Yep. You may see inflation data coming back in a different way than you expected, and all of a sudden interest rates go a different direction than you thought they would go. Yeah. You may see all of a sudden... Well, remember when the wall came down, Evan? In remember, China. you know, oh, in, Berlin. in yeah. Russia? Yeah, uh, exactly. And all of a sudden, you know, all, all of a sudden you had freedom breaking out everywhere. Yeah. And people cheering, getting excited. You know, it was uh, it was during Reagan's first term in the middle of it that the economy was still terrible. People didn't think he'd make a second term. Then all of a sudden the skies open. It started to look better. It's last year, when last year, which was the election year, things got better, and all of a sudden he's back in. Forty nine out of fifty states. Yeah, <laughs> not just better. It wasn't. He ran yeah. the table. It was. Yeah, it was huge. Right. But go backward two years. It wasn't a shoe in. Right. You know, so you just don't know how things are going to land. And that is why, you know, when we, when we invest, we diversify so broadly because we just, but you look at the, at the fund companies, I don't know what the latest numbers are, but last time I looked, it was something like the average turnover rate in a, in a large equity mutual fund was over 50% still. Probably. And then you have style drift, mm-hmm. like 75% of mutual funds. Last I looked, it was something like that. Uh, you know, and, you know, I got the exact number in my book, uh, Confident Investing, but it was it was like 75% of mutual funds engage in style drift, you know, which is basically a form of market timing. And you go, well, why guys, you guys, you guys talking about this because it isn't, it's the norm. It's not the exception. 
You know, so trying to figure out what's going to happen in the future, it's a futile exercise. Hey guys, if you want specific advice for your unique situation, schedule a free 15-minute phone chat with one of our trusted advisors by going to paulwinkler.com forward slash call. We don't sell any products and our advisors don't make any commissions, so this isn't a sales call. We have a coaching process that helps you understand investing and relax about money. Don't put blind trust in anyone with your financial assets. We want to partner with you in the process so you know what you're doing and why. We manage assets on a fee-only basis, which means that when you do well, we do well, which aligns our interests with yours from the start. We also bring you into the financial planning process that gives you a clear plan so you can find the freedom to pursue your purpose. All our advisors are degreed planners too, with years of experience. So schedule a free 15-minute phone call with an advisor by going to paulwinkler.com forward slash call. It's just mind-blowing. I would bet on this diagram there's easily a hundred new AI platforms out there, and we've only been talking about it for about 12 months. Right. Right. And yeah, it's I, just I, you'd be surprised. Mind-blowing. Daily. Oh, I'm sure. I am not exaggerating. Daily, I will use an AI app. Oh yeah. To get well, a list of possible things that you know, or whatever, if it, whatever I want to find information on, and I'll I'll back check it against something else because I'm yes. like really really particular because <laughs> I've seen stuff that have been just been plain inaccurate, but it, it is amazing to me how quickly you can get information on just about anything that you want. Yep. Yeah. Bam. Just like that. Yeah. And I think that the productivity increase, there was a really good article in uh, The Economist. And it was talking about, you know how you'll often hear in political discussions how the rich are getting richer, the poor are getting poorer, and you know, you're having this huge divide between uh, the haves and the have-nots and so right. on and so forth, right? Yeah. The Economist, not known for being anywhere near a really you know, very, very conservative. I mean, they're, they're out of Great Britain. So you get a little bit of that twist, uh -huh. you know, out of yeah. Great Britain, right? And they were talking about what has been happening with blue collar and how it has been happening with typically types of work and types of workers that have been left behind to some extent. Oh, uh-huh. And they have actually made some phenomenal strides according to The Economist. And one of the big reasons, interestingly, is AI. Huh. And I, it was a very surprising little piece. And I almost brought it in here. I almost brought it in here to talk about, but, you know, it was just, it wasn't quite enough about investing to make that uh, interesting. Uh, you know, another thing that, that's interesting. No. Because we actually, well, when people think safety, what do they think? I think, you know, banks, right? Cash. Yeah, yes. cash, banks, and putting money. There was an article in the uh, in Market Watch, Wall Street Journal publication. Banks are increasingly tapping a Fed facility to set up uh, set up after SBV's collapse, uh, Silicon Valley Bank collapse. Uh, usage of a new federal facility set up in the wake of the collapse of SVB Financial is starting to pick up after months of little change. The bank term funding program allows banks to borrow up to one year by pledging collateral at a par even when they're trading at a loss. And it has seen week over week gains since the autumn. And it's just a little bit 
kind of reeks a little bit to me of, of the TARP program, but uh, in a way, but it, it's different. But it says, so definitely there's some evidence that banks are getting short on cash and they're having to pay more to get it. Now, I was an echo major when I, that was my undergraduate degree. And I took a lot of graduate courses to get it because I was working full time and it was the only time I could get classes. But we had some of the most interesting classes on economics and world economics when I was in that particular major. And one of the things that we talked about was the Federal Reserve and where banks got their money. You know, you yeah. have to meet a reserve requirement as a bank. You know, so when somebody puts a deposit, go watch It's a Wonderful Life. It's a perfect time to do it. You know, you, you got that time of year where everybody's watching that particular movie. But if you watch that movie, you know, they're talking about how your money's not in this bank. It's over in Joe's house. It's in everybody's house and blah, blah, blah. And he goes into that. And, and you're talking about reserves. So you got the bank examiner coming in. And the bank examiner's coming in, checking out, making sure the reserves are there, that they got money on hand, you know, for people to withdraw money. Because you don't figure everybody's going to come in and withdraw their money all at one point in time. So you had amount that was held in reserve. So you put $100 in the bank, and maybe they lend out 90 of it, and they keep $10 back in reserves. Well, so that's what the – and you'll have reserve requirement can be changed to increase or decrease the money supply. Well, you know, what happens is that this gets checked out every once in a while. And banks are watched over pretty closely. And here's what they make sure, is they got that money in there, one way or another. And quite often what they'll do is they'll borrow from each other. Yeah. Or they'll borrow from the Fed. But the Fed is the last place they want to be borrowing from. Because it looks bad. The optics are not good when you're borrowing from the Fed. So the banks always historically would avoid that. Well, what's happening is the banks are increasingly tapping a Fed facility and optics, well, be darned. Yeah. <laughs> Each going under. Yeah. And, you know, here's the thing to keep in mind. Folks, when I talk about safety, there is no such thing as complete safety no matter where you are. This is why diversification is so important. This is why when I see, when, when people, you know, they go, oh, I got to I gotta back out. They get scared about, you know, stock markets, bond markets, whatever. And they want to go and stick all their money in cash. And I go, you know, why are you scared? And they'll say, usually it's because the government. And I go, well, who prints, who prints the cash that you're going and investing in? It's the government. You know, the government, I'm putting all my money in something printed by the government. And, you know, yet I'm afraid of the government is quite often what you hear people say. But it is just interesting to me that this is kind of behind the scenes, so don't get overly comfortable with cash as a safe investment vehicle. Right. You know, because banks can have problems. And this is a case in point regarding that. Hey, this is Paul Winkler. Hope you enjoyed today's edition of the Investor Coaching Show. If you want to learn more about what we do, go to our website, paulwinkler.com. You can watch some of the videos there, and if you're not already a client, you can set up a free initial consultation. Until next time, I'm Paul Winkler, reminding you that I believe that more educated investors are more confident investors, and confident investors are more successful investors. Have a great one. 
Advisory services offered through Paul Winkler, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. The opinions voiced and information provided in this material are for general informational purposes only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what investments are appropriate for you, please consult with a financial advisor. Paul Winkler, Inc. does not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your particular situation.